0: Hello, and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of our podcast, where we delve deep into intriguing scientific studies and unravel their mysteries. I'm Tom.
1: And I'm Jen. Today, we've got a real head scratcher for you. We're discussing a paper titled, Discounting the Distant Future. What do historical bond prices imply about the long-term discount rate?
0: Now, this paper is significant because it tackles a very complex question. How do we value the future, especially when dealing with time periods over a century away? This has huge implications, particularly in the context of climate change economics.
1: That's right, Tom. The paper is authored by an interdisciplinary team, including economist Jay Doyne Farmer, mathematical economist John Koplos, and several other experts, combining the insights of economics, finance, and in physics.
0: They present a comprehensive empirical study on real interest rates and introduce the concept of risk aversion by looking at market price of risk, all with the aim to scrutinize the long-term discount rate through the lens of complex system science.
1: Before we dive into the core of the paper, let's give our listeners some context. The long-term discount rate is essentially the rate at which we discount future costs and benefits. It's a crucial parameter in the economic evaluation of long-term projects, like campaigns against global warming.
0: Exactly, Jen. If you undervalue future benefits just because they're far away in time, you might underinvest in projects with long-term payoffs, like climate change mitigation. Conversely, overvaluing the future may lead to overinvestment and economic inefficiency.
1: This debate is at the heart of current economic discussions about the urgency of the response to climate change. Should we spend substantially now to prevent future damage or can the expenditure be postponed? It's not an easy puzzle to solve and this paper gives us a fascinating new angle to consider.
0: Now, let's break down the key concepts for our listeners. The paper mainly revolves around the theory of bond pricing to estimate real interest rates. Bonds are, in simplest terms, loans that you give to an entity in exchange for periodic interest payments and the return of the face value at maturity.
1: The real interest rate part is key here. It's the interest rate that has been adjusted for inflation, revealing the true cost of borrowing or the true yield from investment. The study uses historical data of three-month and 10-year bonds from the UK and the US, spanning over a century, to estimate these rates.
0: And here's something that's critical. Real interest rates have often been negative. Many conventional models assume interest rates to be positive, but this paper disputes that, arguing real rates dip into the negatives quite often, something that can't be ignored.
1: They use the ornstein uhlenbeck process to model the real interest rates, allowing for this negativity. Now, without getting lost in the weeds, the ornstein uhlenbeck process is essentially a way to describe how these interest rates change over time with a degree of reversion to a mean level.
0: They also make use of Fourier transforms, a mathematical method to transform data into frequency space, making certain calculations a lot easier. The findings are compelling, suggesting a long-term discount rate of 1.7% for the U.K. and 2.2% for the U.S. These rates bring us back to a big question. How much should we spend now to prevent future climate change?
1: That's the million-dollar question. Or perhaps more appropriately, the trillion-dollar question given the scale of global economics and climate change impacts. The paper supports arguments for immediate and substantial spending against climate change, aligning closely with rates suggested by notable economist Nicholas Stern.
0: Now, as for the potential impact, these findings are pretty game-changing. They challenge several standard models and reinforce the idea that we need to recognize the true cost of inaction on a long-term basis.
1: In concluding, We've got to appreciate how this paper blends disciplines and uses rigorous methods to give us insight into the value of our future. It brings a strong argument to the table in the crucial debate on how we should approach spending against climate change.
0: Personal Reflections Jen, I think this paper shakes the table in terms of economic modeling for climate change. It suggests that our current models might be underweighting the future which could be risky business given the stakes of global warming.
1: Absolutely, Tom. It's a stark reminder that the time to act is now. These findings might just help tip the balance towards more proactive preventive measures against climate change. It might be about numbers and data, but at its heart, it's about safeguarding the future of our planet.
0: And with that profound thought, we wrap up today's episode. We hope we've enlightened you with this deep dive into discounting the distant future. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you all on the next episode.
1: Stay curious, folks.
0: Welcome back, listeners. We've got a special treat for you today, a commercial break unlike any other.
1: Introducing Timeworth Financials, the company that sprang to life from the groundbreaking paper, Discounting the Distant Future.
0: Have you ever thought about investing in a retirement plan for your great, great, great grandchildren?
1: Yeah, neither have we. But with TimeWorth Financials, you're not just thinking ahead. You're thinking way ahead.
0: Forget about 401ks and IRAs. We're talking 301ks and ZRAs, Zonk Retirement Accounts. Planning for the year 3000 has never been easier.
1: With our negative interest rate savings account, you can lose money over time intentionally. It's like reverse savings. It shrinks, so your appreciation for what you have grows.
0: And if you sign up now, We'll throw in a free crystal ball. Predict your own financial future or just use it as a fancy paperweight. Your choice.
1: Call Timeworth Financials today where your money's future is so bright it's actually kind of hard to make out, but trust us, it's going to be historic.
0: Disclaimer: Timeworth Financials is not responsible for any time paradoxes, altered destinies, or if your crystal ball just shows reruns of Friends.
1: Act now. Because at Timeworth Financials, we believe tomorrow is worth more than a penny saved today. It's worth at least a nickel.
0: Welcome to our podcast, listeners. We have a thought provoking episode for you today.
1: That's right, Tom. We'll be diving deep into a paper that's recently garnered attention in the public health realm focusing on the aftermath of a lung cancer diagnosis in Argentina.
0: This paper we're discussing today is not just any piece of research. It's a beacon of insight into the intersection of health, economy, and social implications, a true significant find for its field.
1: The study is titled Health-Related Quality of Life, Financial Toxicity, Productivity Loss, and Catastrophic Health Expenditures After Lung Cancer Diagnosis in Argentina authored by Lucas Gonzalez and his team.
0: Before we unravel the contents, let's briefly consider why this paper matters. Lung cancer is a major health issue worldwide, and it's a leading cause of cancer death.
1: And not only does lung cancer take a toll on physical health, but also on patients' finances, their ability to work, and the economic stability of their families.
0: Now, let's break down some complex terms for our listeners. Health-related quality of life, or HRQOL, measures a patient's overall well-being, including mental, physical, and emotional health.
1: Financial toxicity refers to the economic burden experienced by patients due to medical treatment costs, leading to stress and a reduced quality of life.
0: Productivity loss happens when a person can no longer work as they did before, affecting their income, and by extension, society's economic productivity.
1: And catastrophic health expenditures are defined as out-of-pocket health costs that exceed a certain portion of a person's income, pushing them into financial hardship.
0: The methodology Gonzalez and crew used was an observational cross-sectional study enrolling adults diagnosed with non-small cell lung cancer, NSCLC, and treating them at public hospitals in Argentina.
1: They used validated questionnaires to assess participants' HRQOL, financial toxicity, productivity, and out-of-pocket expenses.
0: A key finding was that patients with NSCLC experienced significant impairment in their quality of life, specifically in terms of pain, daily activities, and mental health status.
1: The study uncovered a grim financial reality, too. Patients reported a 59% decrease in their ability to perform regular activities, which translated into a staggering average economic productivity loss.
0: Indeed, more than half experienced a reduction in income, and about one-fifth lost their jobs because of their illness.
1: The researchers also brought to light that the average monthly out-of-pocket expenditure was more than a hefty chunk of household income, leading to catastrophic expenditures in over one-third of households.
0: And when it came to advanced disease stages, everything got worse. All outcomes, health-related quality of life, financial toxicity, and productivity losses were more dire.
1: The implications, Tom, are clear. This study holds up a mirror to the shortcomings of the current health system in Argentina and, by extension, in countries with similar settings.
0: Yes, Jen. It reveals an urgent need for policies aimed at mitigating these financial burdens and calls for a stronger safety net for patients and their families.
1: In conclusion, Gonzalez and his colleagues have painted a holistic picture of the devastating impact of lung cancer beyond the medical scope.
0: It's research like this that shines a spotlight on the true cost of diseases, not just on the body, but on the soul of society as well.
1: It's not just an eye-opener for Argentina, but serves as a global siren call to health policymakers, stakeholders, and society as a whole.
0: Listeners, today's paper discussion leaves us pondering the profound connections between health and economy, and how one diagnosis can create ripples through an entire community.
1: And on that reflective note, we wrap up this episode. It's been a journey like no other through the intricate maze of healthcare economics. Thanks for tuning in and stay aware, stay healthy.
0: Are you ready for something that'll knock your socks off? In the world where health meets wealth, we've found something just for you.
1: Introducing Pocket Protector, your financial shield against lung cancer.
0: Ever worried about your pockets turning inside out after a health diagnosis? Fear not. Pocket Protector is here to iron out those bills and keep your cash cozy.
1: Picture this. A superhero cape for your wallet. Pocket Protector swoops in to negotiate medical bills, find hidden insurance benefits, and even track down assistance programs.
0: Got a hole burning in your pocket from medical expenses? Zap! Pow! Pocket Protector to the rescue patching up those financial leaks faster than you can say catastrophic health expenditures.
1: But wait, there's more. With every sign up, you receive our exclusive productivity potion, a little vial of magic to keep you active at work or your money back.
0: So don't let lung cancer or any other ailment snatch your hard-earned pesos. Dial 1-800-Pocket now and let Pocket Protector be the hero your wallet deserves.
1: Side effects may include sudden bursts of financial literacy, an allergic reaction to overpriced treatments, and an overwhelming sense of peace. If you experience joy for more than four hours, high five a friend.
0: Call now and we'll throw in a complimentary pocket protector lunchbox. Because who doesn't want their sandwich protected too?
1: Pocket Protector, guarding your funds and your fun all in one. <music>
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Today, Jen and I will delve into a fascinating paper called The Green Advantage, analyzing the effects of eco-friendly marketing on consumer loyalty. That's right, Tom.
1: This paper is quite significant in the field of marketing and environmental studies as it bridges the gap between green business practices and consumer behavior, which is a hot topic in today's climate-conscious world.
0: Absolutely, Jen. With increasing awareness of environmental issues, consumers are beginning to favor companies that adopt sustainable practices, making it crucial for businesses to understand the relationship between green marketing and brand loyalty.
1: In the paper, key concepts like green marketing strategy, brand loyalty, and the green marketing mix elements like product, price, distribution, and promotion are explored in the context of food exporting companies.
0: What's interesting is that the paper uses several complex terms from business and marketing literature. The term green marketing, for instance, isn't just about slapping a green label on products. It involves comprehensive eco-friendly practices across the product's life cycle.
1: That's a great point, Tom. Also, brand loyalty is a key term evaluated in the paper, defining it as customers' positive attitudes towards a brand that manifest in repeat purchases and advocacy.
0: And with that background, let's dive into the core of the paper. Researchers aimed to examine the effects of a green marketing strategy on brand loyalty, specifically in the context of food exporting companies in Tehran.
1: That's right. The population of the study consisted of employees and managers from several companies, and the sample size was determined through Cochrane's formula.
0: The methodology was quite sound, using a combination of surveys and questionnaires to collect data, which were later analyzed using statistical methods like Pearson correlation in SPSS software.
1: The results were clear. They indicated that all dimensions of a green marketing strategy, green products, promotions, distribution, and pricing, had a significant positive effect on brand loyalty.
0: And these are practical implications. It means companies with strong green marketing strategies can potentially develop a loyal customer base, which is less sensitive to price changes and more inclined to repeat purchases.
1: Indeed. Tom. It also points to the fact that embracing green marketing practices doesn't just contribute to a healthier planet, but also has the potential to yield better financial performance and a competitive edge in the market.
0: In our conclusion, Jen, this paper sheds light on the undeniable link between sustainability and business success in the modern world. The findings underscore the importance for companies to integrate green practices into their marketing strategies to foster consumer loyalty.
1: We've also seen that this doesn't apply solely to specific industries. The implications are broad, pointing to a changing global consumer mindset where sustainability can drive business growth and brand equity across multiple sectors.
0: This study not only contributes to the existing body of knowledge, but also offers actionable insights for businesses looking to pivot towards greener operations without sacrificing consumer relationships.
1: As the discussion demonstrates, the green advantage is real. It's not just about doing good for the environment, but also about smart marketing that aligns with contemporary consumer values.
0: Well, that's a wrap for today, folks. We've covered a lot of ground discussing the green advantage, analyzing the effects of eco-friendly marketing on consumer loyalty.
1: Thanks for joining us on this eco-conscious journey. We hope you've gained a deeper understanding of how green marketing can significantly enhance consumer loyalty.
0: Until next time, keep thinking green and stay tuned for more insightful episodes. Hey listeners, ever wonder what happens when research jumps out of the academic world and into your shopping cart? Introducing Eco Edibles Inc. At ECO Edibles we've turned soybeans into a vice being green you've got to see them to believe them
1: our tomatoes so eco-friendly they practically compost themselves on the vine
0: and our prices they're as small as our carbon footprint
1: from farm to table we keep it so green money trees are our next project
0: you love the paper now live the brand eco edibles inc your greenest guilty pleasure <music> Welcome back, listeners, to another deep dive into the fascinating world of finance and data analysis. I'm Tom.
1: And I'm Jen. Today we're tackling a thrilling paper titled Price Predictability at Ultra High Frequency Entropy Based Randomness Test by Andre Sternschies and Stefano Marmi, hailing from Scuola Normale Superiore in Uppsala University.
0: That's right, Jen. This paper is a beacon in the world of quantitative finance, a field that merges mathematics, statistics, and economics to understand financial markets. More specifically, this work delves into the predictability of ultra-high frequency financial data.
1: Considering that millions of transactions can occur in just seconds in today's markets, it's critical to comprehend the underlying structure or randomness of these trades.
0: Exactly, Jen. And that's where entropy comes in. Entropy in the context of information theory introduced by Claude Shannon, quantifies the uncertainty or randomness present in a data set.
1: The paper leverages the statistical properties of the Shannon entropy estimator and the classic Neiman-Pearson statistics to develop a test for the predictability of sequences based on empirical frequencies.
0: Before we drown in a sea of complex terms, let's unfurl this sail slowly. The key here is to measure how much order, or rather predictability, there is in the sequence of financial data, like stock prices, at these ultra-high frequencies.
1: And the utility of such a study is paramount. If prices are predictable to some degree, it opens a Pandora's box regarding market efficiency, arbitrage opportunities, and the validity of the efficient market hypothesis.
0: Or, for the less academically inclined, it's about understanding whether we can make educated guesses on what the stock market might do next. Essentially, can we beat the market?
1: Investors, regulators, and academics, everyone is eager to crack this code. But enough about the why, let's dive into the how. Shall we row into the methodological waters next, Tom?
0: Let's do it, but first a quick primer on some terminology for our listeners. When we talk about predictability and randomness, we're pondering the patterns in price changes. Can we anticipate the next move based on past data?
1: You'll hear us mention things like return signs, referring to whether a stock's price has gone up or down, volatility clustering, which describes how large changes in prices often cluster together, and order signs, indicating whether a trade was a buy or sell.
0: Right, and the idea of long memory plays a significant role here. It suggests that past events influence future actions more deeply than we might expect in a market.
1: With that stage set, let's sail into the methodology after a short break. Stay tuned for a deep dissection of Sternschis and Marmy's approach to unmasking the veiled patterns of high-speed stock trades.
0: And we're back. Let's dissect this paper's methodology, laying bare the tools and techniques used to uncover the nuances of ultra-high-frequency financial data.
1: The researchers here are walking a tightrope between complexity and simplicity. They aim to craft a statistical test that can handle different number of symbols in data sequences and doesn't necessarily require these symbols to appear with equal probability.
0: And to navigate this, they construct blocks of symbols from the financial data, which are just groups of consecutive price movement directions, then employ some statistical magic, or rather math, to estimate the entropy of these blocks.
1: This estimation essentially measures the uncertainty in the sequence. If the entropy is low, it implies there might be patterns we can predict.
0: And the true elegance? Their method only needs the estimation of frequencies for block lengths. It doesn't demand complex simulations, which makes it broadly applicable and computationally efficient.
1: Spot on. They even dig deeper, Tom, partitioning the trading day into smaller intervals to locate the precise moments when predictability is, well, most predictable.
0: That's the core procedure. But let's unpack the key findings before our techno savvy listeners get overexcited about the potential implications. Stick around after the break and we'll unravel the discoveries of this high stakes financial exploration.
1: Welcome back to our deep dive into Sternsches and Marmy's paper. We've navigated through the paper's introduction and methodology. Now it's time to anchor in the key findings and results from their research.
0: Jen. The most profound revelation from their analysis is the relationship between predictability and the level of transaction aggregation. In layman's terms, the more you clump together transactions in time, the lesser the predictability.
1: Right. They found that as they increased the time step, meaning they looked at price changes over longer intervals, the randomness of price movements increased.
0: This suggests that within very short periods, there might be structured patterns in how prices move. But as you look at data across longer time spans, the market's noise drowns out these patterns.
1: And in a blockbuster twist, our authors detected that predictability is closely linked with heightened trading activity. High volumes and numerous price changes point to days where predictability leaves subtle yet discernible fingerprints.
0: In essence, they've mapped the DNA of financial data streams, shedding light on the what and when of price predictability. But what about the broader implications?
1: That's where the narrative takes an intense turn. Understanding these patterns could signal a shift in how we perceive market efficiency or even lead to the development of new trading strategies.
0: While true, Jen, it's also a cautionary tale. With predictability comes the risk of market manipulation. It's a tightrope walk between leveraging insights and maintaining fair markets.
1: An ethical tightrope indeed. Let's anchor for a pause, listeners. We'll return with the paper's conclusion and our reflections on this voyage through ultra-high-frequency financial data.
0: We're back, and it's time to wrap up. We've dissected a paper that could very well alter how we analyze and understand the chaos of financial markets. Yes, Tom.
1: We've spent today exploring a realm where milliseconds hold the power to untangle the complex tapestry of market moves.
0: The researchers have presented us with a statistical compass by which we may navigate the tumultuous seas of ultra-high-frequency trading. It's a paper that doesn't just pose questions, but offers tangible methods to pursue answers.
1: And while the hunt for patterns in the market's fluctuations is far from new, this paper casts new light on old challenges, promising a future where data isn't just noise, but a symphony of signals.
0: Sternschies and Marmy's work is imbued with implications for trading strategies, for understanding the inner workings of the markets, and even for regulatory frameworks that keep our financial systems just.
1: As we conclude, it's essential to reflect on the application of this paper's findings. It encourages us to think critically about the ethical use of predictable market patterns.
0: Yes, it's an exciting, if somewhat daunting, prospect. But that's the beauty of research like this, It pushes us to question, to learn, and to strive for a deeper comprehension of the complex financial world we navigate.
1: Absolutely, Tom. And for our listeners, thank you for joining us on this journey. Whether you're a seasoned trader, an enthusiastic data scientist, or just someone curious about the financial markets, we hope you found this episode both enlightening and enjoyable.
0: Don't miss our next episode, where we'll dive into another timely topic, dissecting the innovation and challenges in the digital finance frontier. Until then, keep questioning and keep learning.
1: This has been Tom and Jen signing off from today's episode. Thanks for tuning in to our vivid exploration of predictability at the speed of light, or should we say the speed of the market. Stay curious and see you next time.
0: This episode is brought to you by precog trade bots
1: ever wished you could predict the stock market with the accuracy of an oracle without you know actually needing an oracle
0: well precog trade bots uses the groundbreaking research from the price predictability at ultra-high frequency paper to give you that mythical edge
1: these bots are so adept at sniffing out patterns they make bloodhounds look like they're just following their noses to the nearest fire hydrant
0: with precog trade bots You're not just riding the waves of the market, you're surfing them in a top hat carried by dolphins who are also wearing top hats.
1: Why settle for regular high-frequency trading when you can have ultra-high-frequency trading? It's like strapping a jet engine to a sports
0: car. So if you want to trade like the Wizards of Wall Street, get yourself a Precog Trade Bot.
1: Disclaimer, Precog Trade Bots do not actually employ Wizards or engage in divination. Results may vary, and please trade responsibly top hats, and dolphins not included.
0: Precog trade bots, because who wouldn't want a financial crystal ball in bot form? Welcome to our award-winning podcast, where we dive deep into complex topics and bring you the cutting-edge concepts in finance, technology, and beyond. I'm your host, Tom.
1: And I'm Jen. Today, we're going to tackle an exciting paper that explores the cutting edge of finance and machine learning. It's titled Randomized Signature Methods in Optimal Portfolio Selection by Erdin Shakildirim and colleagues from ETH Zurich and the University of Zurich.
0: That sounds riveting, Jen. To set the scene for our listeners, the paper delves into the realm of quantitative finance, specifically how to construct the best portfolio for investors using new computational techniques.
1: That's right, Tom. In the world of investing, an optimal portfolio is the holy grail, It's all about finding that perfect balance between risk and potential return, tailored to an investor's goals and appetite for risk.
0: And that's where machine learning comes in. This paper doesn't add theory to machine learning, but presents empirical findings that could revolutionize how portfolios are constructed.
1: Before we get into the nitty gritty of the paper, let's take a moment to unpack the keywords mentioned. Machine learning, randomized signature, drift estimation, returns forecast and portfolio optimization.
0: Machine learning is a subset of artificial intelligence that focuses on using data and algorithms to imitate the way humans learn, gradually improving its accuracy. In finance, this means analyzing vast amounts of market data to make predictions or decisions without being explicitly programmed to perform those tasks.
1: Randomized signatures refer to a mathematical framework used for nonlinear, nonparametric drift estimation in a multivariate financial market. Essentially, it's a way to distill complex, high-dimensional financial data into features that can be more easily analyzed and utilized.
0: Drift estimation is the process of predicting the expected change or drift in the prices of financial assets. It's a key component in modeling how assets will behave over time and a significant challenge due to the noisy nature of financial data.
1: Returns forecast, as the term implies, involves predicting the future returns of assets. Accurate forecasting is crucial for making informed investment decisions and is one of the central aspects of portfolio optimization.
0: And lastly, portfolio optimization is an analytical strategy used to create portfolios that align with an investor's risk tolerance and investment objectives. This involves finding the asset combination that provides the highest expected return for a given level of risk.
1: Now that we've laid the groundwork, let's dive into the paper's objectives. The authors state that the goal is to apply randomized signature methods for nonlinear drift estimation in a financial market setting. This involves creating mappings from historical data to predict future returns, which is critical when it comes to constructing an optimal portfolio.
0: In their methodology, the authors use empirical data from real-world markets, which includes considering transaction costs, something often overlooked in theoretical finance models.
1: The key findings of the paper are quite impressive. The researchers have managed to demonstrate that randomized signatures can handle multidimensional market data and provide effective estimations of market drift, which is pivotal for forecasting future returns.
0: So... What does this mean for the field of finance and portfolio management? Well, the implications are vast. These techniques could lead to more effective portfolio management strategies, increasing the potential for improved returns and more personalized investment solutions.
1: And as we wrap up, let's recap what we've discussed today. This paper shines a spotlight on the applicability of machine learning, specifically randomized signature methods, in cracking the code of optimal portfolio selection.
0: It also shows us that even the most chaotic and noisy financial data can be deciphered to some extent, offering valuable insights into future market behavior.
1: It's been an enlightening episode. These advancements not only push the frontiers of financial technology, but also offer promising tools for investors worldwide to potentially boost their returns and manage risks more effectively.
0: Absolutely, Jen. We encourage our listeners to think about how technology is continuously reshaping the landscape of finance and investment. Until next time, keep investing in your intellect. Are you tired of your investment portfolio flopping like a pancake in a clown's breakfast?
1: Well, flip that frown upside down with Drifty Bits, the wacky new service powered by randomized signature methods.
0: That's right. Our high-tech, low-drag algorithms sift through the financial confetti of the markets to figure out where your cash should dash.
1: And they do it with such panache that even the most confused pigeon in the park couldn't match their direction-sensing abilities.
0: Forget crystal balls and tarot cards. Drifty Bits turns market mumbo-jumbo into a neat little financial forecast fiesta.
1: Sign up now and get your very own portfolio pyrotechnician. They don't actually explode. Calm down, safety Sally. But your returns might.
0: With a money back guarantee that covers everything but your dignity and regret, what have you got to lose?
1: Drifty Bits. Because investing shouldn't be as unpredictable as a squirrel on a skateboard.
0: Drifty Bits is not responsible for any lost socks during laundry, those are still on you. Visit driftybits.com to see how we make sense out of market sense.
1: And let's make that dough rise like a loaf of bread in zero gravity. Drifty Bits, point your portfolio towards the stars.